Coming in November is the Crossroads Wayward Sisters edition. Find out the latest breaking news and speculation surrounding the newly announced spinoff series. Available exclusively to our Patreon subscribers. Pledge $5 or more a month and gain access to this, plus hours of additional content. Head over to patreon.com slash Digital to pledge. Come with me if you want to live. Simple Jack. Warning. Supernatural The Crossroads contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Oh, death. Oh, death. Oh, Welcome to Supernatural The Crossroads. I am your host, Thomas Cowley. Joined with me, as always, is Ryan Denton. Poop. <laughs> and Michael Flores. Yo. Thank you guys for taking the time to listen to Supernatural The Crossroads on Rain Man Digital. If, remember, if you guys are listening to us through the desktop, you can take us mobile. If you have the Rain Man Digital app available in the iTunes Store and through the Google Play Store, simply search Rain Man Digital. Today we are talking about season 13, episode 2, The Rising Sun. And wow, did this episode not let up in any way, much like what we've seen from the last couple of seasons with a kind of a two-part premiere with the second half being heavier than the first half. This had that same feel to me in some ways because it introduced so many new things, so many concepts and characters in just a single episode and set the tone for where we're going with the threat where we're going with Jack as a character, where we're going with what's the state of hell and Lucifer as a whole. Every single bit of this thrown into a 45-minute episode. All I know is that watching this episode, all I could think was, oh, God, here we go. Here we go. Mike and fucking Thomas are going to have a boner fest <laughs> over all the new lore that came out in this episode. I mean, aren't you having a little bit of a boner fest? Oh, I was. Don't get me wrong. A boner party, at least. Yeah. Well, these, we'll talk about it in the episode, but, man, this this was really good. But I do have to say, okay, I do have to say this. My one flaw is that as a human, the su- fucking st- no. There's a lot. There's you beat me I, to I, it. No, 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 guys. There's like way one, more than one, one flaw. flaw? For, no. <laughs> the CW app can fucking die. I want to. Okay. I want to fucking kill that. All if right. that app had a face, okay. I'd stab it. Here's an idea. Maybe right. don't watch it through your phone. Hey, guess what? I tried to watch it on my computer, and the fucking screen split, and it wouldn't fucking well, play right. Why'd you, you be an adult and have like cable um, and, and DVR? <laughs> no. No, thank you. Why would I have all that when you can that stream costs shit? Money, no. Mike. Yeah. He already paid for the phone. I'm not yeah. paying for fucking cable. Get <laughs> out of here. Really? So I can watch soap operas during the day. Yeah, that's all cable has. Yep. It's the only thing that's on TV. <laughs> what are you like, circa 1980? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Got to watch my, that and my Wheel shows. of Fortune. That's all he's got. Got to watch my shows, and, and man. And that damn TV Guide channel. Oh, <laughs> the God. Price is Right TV on every guide fucking channel. channel. But Jesus. Thomas, just to backtrack a moment. 
you said all in 45 minutes pertaining to all of the lore the story everything that moved this episode forward and you couldn't be more right with that assessment and that's something i said while i was watching the show they go to their first commercial and i'm like damn it's almost over and i look because i forward commercials and it was at 13 minutes supernatural knows how to pace an effing show like the fact that you're 13 minutes in and this is a good thing not a bad thing And it feels like you've watched more than three quarters of the show because the pacing of Supernatural, for the most part, is very well paced. It's well done. It's written well. Most TV shows, you're like, oh, I can tell we're only five minutes in because we've we've barely moved forward. Supernatural, since season one, has had this ability. It doesn't matter who the showrunner is. The, the formatting of the show has has never changed for the most part. And they managed to really progress story and a very small amount of time. And it doesn't feel like it's rushed. It doesn't feel like they're skimming over things. And it doesn't, especially, does not feel superficial. It also doesn't feel like it drags. Because I find that's an issue that I have yes. watching a lot of other shows. Some Absolutely. of the Marvel shows on uh, Netflix, personally, to me, drag a bit. For for the hour-long time and the number of episodes they have, I'm like, all right, let's move this along a little bit. Yeah, Supernatural, in less time... I- with it, uh, per episode at least i think sometimes too that they they try to add more to an episode to make it like artsy uh with the marvel stuff and you're just like okay dude this is not schindler's list like it's a fucking tv show about superheroes let's let's you know let's get to the superheroing you know well, like you sometimes see, see that at how you're thinking yeah that's that's because the show doesn't know how to do it correctly yeah that's and the I problem think, because a lot of shows ryan they try to be they try to be epic there's a lot of yeah, shows that have yeah. copied supernatural since 2005 and you kind of laugh and chuckle a bit with their lore building and their world building you kind of like that feels like a that feels cheap like it's not believable but in the last like you know six to seven supernatural episodes i don't i don't have that feeling yeah i don't have that feeling of like oh god here we go like i just you know i can tell it this is how i can tell if pacing is good is if i pick my phone up or not if I if I pick oh, my yeah. phone up and like start playing with it, it's like okay, this is the because then you're bored. Clearly. I'm bored, and I'll tell you what, dude. In the last two episodes, I haven't once I put my phone face down and far away from me because I don't even want the temptation. Like it's the, the the episodes are so good that I'm I'm focused in on what is going on, and that's how I can kind of tell whether or not I'm into it or if the episode is is paced correctly for me. Um, again, my ADHD kicks in no matter what, but the fact of the matter is, is the first these first two episodes are. They're they're well done. And yes. that's the thing is that for me, it feels more concise so far with where their plot structure is going, what they're setting up, the characters they've introduced. I remember with season 12, not within the first two episodes, but we had a lot of questions. We were wondering where things were going. And they had the introduction of the British Men of Letters. They had uh, Mary Winchester is back. They had... Castiel helping them out. Reaper, Billy. B- Billy the Reaper. Like they had a bunch of shit going on yeah. in season 12 that we had questions about. But there were a lot of questions along the lines of where is this going? What could this possibly do? We didn't have any idea. The difference here, there are a lot of questions, but we're excited about them. What is uh, Asmodeus capable of? What is his plan? Is he you know, loyal to Lucifer? 
What about the Shadim? That's a whole new thing. Yeah, these are questions that you feel have a direction. It isn't like, hey, yes. w- w- it's not like they're no, trying to figure it happening. out. Yeah. Exactly. That's the other yeah. thing. Season 12 felt like they were putting things together as we were going. We discussed that at length a lot. This feels like there have been some serious plans put down as far as what Michael's goals are with Lucifer, as far right. as what Mary's going to end up doing in this parallel universe, yep. where they're taking Jack. I feel like I know that this train has been, the track's already been laid. Wait, who? Huh? With Jack? The Simple Jack. S- Simple Jack. <laughs> God damn it. I walked into that one to Simple make Jack. fun of Ryan. Yeah. God you should have won Oscar. Simple Jack. <laughs> Perfect. But it does feel Simple like Simple Jack. And it doesn't feel like that, but it feels like it's more coherent going forward already, which kind of does lend some credence to our thought that season 12 was a reboot in some ways and the dab really has things moving forward kind of better thought out or or took 12 to set up the yeah. future with 13. And we said it last week. It's very easy again to see what he was doing. He was closing out things throughout season 12. Yeah, he was just, you know, he was he was dabbing a few things here and there and then yeah, he, just he, a dab. Yeah, just a dab. Just a dab. Just God. <laughs> Jesus, that's terrible. Simple Jack. <laughs> I don't, why do I get made fun of when you because say something stupid? Because he's trying to divert it from him. That makes he's trying sense. to divert the attention. Hi, my name's Mike. I said something dumb, but here's apparently, something funny Ryan did. Apparently, British ho- house cleaner Michael showed up there for a minute. <laughs> no, that was British nanny. <laughs> no was, one's talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Dude. And now he's like, I'm just going to drink this wine here. Nobody pay attention <laughs> yeah, to me. Yeah, nobody pay attention to me. I'm just on the board. I got all the drops. <laughs> But it does feel like we've got things set up a much better way than last time. But we're, we'll get into all of those discussions, whether or not it's Asmodeus appearing, where they're taking Jack as a character. Some of the dark stuff we got into at the very end of this episode, foreshadowing for the season as a whole. Yeah, a but lot, dude. But as always, we got to get into some news first, which this one is Scooby-Doo related. Yes. Apparently. Yes. Apparently, according to EW. Simple Jack. <laughs> and Simple Jack. <laughs> dick <laughs> uh dab tells the ew that this episode the animated scooby-doo episode of supernatural will be more adult than we have probably anticipated dude, at this point i hope dean bangs daphne oh my god not that kind of adult ryan dude, god after it. he takes scooby snacks <sighs> yeah and then he puts his you know angel stick Angel stick inside what? of I'm trying not to, well thought. He just took supernatural base. I was noun, going somewhere added with it to stick. <laughs> yeah. and said, "Fuck it, we'll run with that." Well, that's exactly what Dean's gonna do. He's gonna fuck it. Oh, oh my lord! <laughs> I, li- listen, I hope so. You know what? I, I don't want it to be like all outlandish, like Ryan's making it out to be. <laughs> right. But it would be funny. It would be funny if he was into like one of the a hit on Daphne. Yeah. Or something. He, wait, did you say in? Oh my god. Is he going to be in or which one, Daphne or Velma or both? Simple Jack. <laughs> which which one, dude? Come on, let's play. Let's make bets. Anyway, I'm going to say. I'm, sure, I'm, I'm, I'm. You know what? I think based on all the subtext we get, I'm going to go with Shaggy. I was going to uh, say Fred. No, dude, Scooby for sure. <laughs> Come on, don't don't leave out. You know whatever the inner species dating. Come on. That's a thing. Raggy. This place is like uber creepy, Scoob. You've been waiting for that for so fucking long. Yeah, I did. I since you heard that they were doing a Scooby Doo episode. At least I'm doing a decent fucking. Uh, oh god! Because all your impersonations are very cartoon esque. Yeah, absolutely. So Which makes point. sense yeah. now. Yeah. yeah, it's full circle. Simple Jack. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway. Uh, oh, dude, VW in the chat room said Daphne and Velma and Scooby watches. Yeah, why not? While Shaggy films and Fred uh, finishes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now, Fred is suspect. I don't know about dude, him. I don't he's wearing an ascot. He's got an ascot, yeah. man. That's pretty. Uh, I don't know if I can trust that guy. That's pretty 2017. <laughs> uh, so dumb. That's pretty 2017. Anyway. But, you know, I kind of ex- expected that, that you're dealing with a show that's heavily steeped in horror. And, an adult and, and version, blood yeah. and violence they don't really refrain from showing blood so why would you if just because you're doing a scooby-doo version of it now if you were if this was going to air on the cartoon network or something for kids then i would understand them pulling it back and making it more scooby-doo yeah. eccentric if it was for, like for children the, the old is, ones when like the globe trotters showed up dude those were so hang out great. with scooby-doo those, and shaggy there's a cleverness to those shows no but i'm saying if it was like sure. that we would expect more of the cartoon style but according to dab that this is going to be a supernatural episode with scooby-doo in it it's going to be more adult than your average episode of the classic cartoon i just show. can't wait to see sam and dean animated i think that's what i'm most excited about yeah it'll be fun i mean it works on so many levels. I mean, how many times have they had Scooby-Doo jokes? Oh, well, even, in, even in this episode. It's the same studio that owns them. It's Warner Brothers. It just it makes sense on so many levels, especially after what we saw this week with the episode and Jack yeah. watching Scooby-Doo. The, the, I liked that. Yeah, I immediately. I that was pretty funny. Yeah, my mind immediately went to the Scooby-Doo episode well, and, Dean, and how they're going to end up getting there. Just having Dean go, no, and then stopping for a second and watching it like, because oh, that's yeah, Dean. He, yeah. He's a kid. Yeah. yeah, like, dude, I'm so excited for this. I just, I told I, I, I said it. Too. I said it last time. The only thing that has to happen this episode that will make it perfect for me is if they run through multiple doors and the the bad guy's chasing them and it's got sam and dean running with him like that obviously that yes scene like and they're all running yeah. yes that has to happen and i will yes it will be an a honestly plus, plus, though plus, plus plus for me the bigger thing was seeing with that little clip in the episode of jack watching scooby-doo gives us an idea of what his powers can be Right. How, right. how else do you explain that they're in an animated episode of Scooby-Doo other than Jack through watching the television and not being aware of his powers somehow, you know, changing channels sends them into that. We know Gabriel has those kind of possibilities, right, those powers. Right. Yeah. And as we said before, this episode can go two ways. Terribly wrong or great. Right. I and, think that's a lot of what they've done with these specials, like the musical. But uh, how many times have they actually failed? I, I can't get name I me one episode that they tried to do these types of sh- episodes that failed. The only time I can think of an episode that Supernatural tried to do and truly failed was Bloodlines. But that wasn't the well, same. No, I'm talking that, about that wasn't these, the same. I'm talking thing. about these gimmick episodes, the gimmick episodes, these they pulled fan off. service moments, these fan service over the top funny episodes where you see the preview and you're like, oh, my God, that's going to be stupid. Yeah. And then you watch it and, and you're, you're like, like Fuck wow, me, that's great. That was really good. Yeah. I mean, I remember watching Changing Channels for the first time. And to this to this very day, I get chills when I remember the first time I watched it. At first, you're like, this is really effing cheesy. Yeah. And then when you realize the underlining implications of the episode and what it means and when Castiel tries to get inside the game show and he realizes this isn't the power of an ordinary trickster, this is not normal, you're like, holy shit, what's going on? Yeah. There was a switch that turned on that just makes that episode so amazing and if they can do something like that with scooby-doo and make it matter to the myth arc 
then I think it's a win. It has to matter. It can't be it can't be an episode that's just thrown away and forgotten. I feel like it has to matter to the main myth arc of the season. Dude, so VW in the chat room says the bad guy chases everyone through the doors and then ends with Dean going, screw it, taking out his gun and shooting the monster. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is so perfect. Dude. I would like to see some of the adult aspects brought to it. So I am kind of glad that Dab said that because I mean, we all know that I'm I'm the one who's going into it the most negative all the time. Um, the yeah, the yeah. musical let's, yeah, episode has been be honest, well dude. documented. So hearing him say that, though, gives me a little bit more faith because I would like to see that kind of, you know, screw it. We're just going to shoot this guy. Screw it. We'll do it live. We've dealt with so many other monsters and I've seen plenty of Scooby-Doo. You know, this isn't an actual monster. And then Dean shoots somebody in the yeah. leg. That'd be pretty funny. But I, I so agree you're not you. looking forward to this. No, I am Dude, looking forward is. to it. Come on. I'm, now that I've heard that it's more of an adult episode of Supernatural with the Scooby-Doo theme and the fact that we saw Jack watching the TV show, to me, my brain was just interested in the possibilities, Jack's powers, what else he can do. We know he can open dimensions, so what's to say he, he's not even sending them into the cartoon, but it's a separate reality. What if he could make his own worlds and that's exactly. what he makes? You have no idea. That's what was exciting. I mean, to me. there's an innocence to them. I and if they if he makes his own world to escape to to get away from it all, I mean, that would even resonate emotionally, which we see that he does get. Yeah. He has those emotional yep. reactions to things just by being around Sam and Dean for three days. Yeah. Who And and he's like you said, he's still naive right now. He hasn't hit angst, you know, angsty teenager or period yet. or period. I mean, or puberty. Oh, <laughs> wow. Well, wow, dude. Or or either one. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! See where my mind's at. Yeah, I meant puberty. But hey, it's all the same. Puberty and periods go right, yeah, hand in hand. Go, yeah, yeah. Simple Jack. <laughs> and there we go. Deflected off Mike's. No, that dumb was thing. meant for me. It just because it's you saying it doesn't mean I can't use it for others. Yeah, just mostly you. Just yeah. mostly about you. <laughs> Simple Jack. We also know that Jared Padalecki has said that he actually likes the idea of Scooby-Doo probably more than anybody else on the show and actually kind of wants to see a full season done yeah. that Dude, way. I would be all for it. What he calls Scooby Natural all 22 episodes. Yeah. If yes. they were to do that. Do you think that would work? Well, hold on. <laughs> if it's a, if it's part of Supernatural, no. No, it has if to be something. Supernatural were to end. Yeah. And they were to do a special cartoon where Supernatural is a part of it, I feel like it would be a great extension of Supernatural. And it doesn't even have to be relevant to Supernatural, but it would be a way to to create better branding, more branding for their show. As we, This is something we always talk about. As we know, we always discuss the branding and all the missed opportunities to help Supernatural become more of a force to reckon with in terms of branding. We already know people are out there buying pop vinyls because it's the oh, only yeah. thing we can it's get our thing. hands on. Uh, pillowcases because it's the only thing we can get our grubby hands on. We buy some of the most ludicrous Supernatural things because that's all There's there is. Much. But if they were to cross-promote with Scooby-Doo that way and become its own thing, imagine what it could do for the future of Supernatural and the branding of Supernatural. Yeah. When it when it comes to ancillary ancillary revenue streams, when it comes to marketing, I mean, it could do wonders for Supernatural. So I am inclined to agree with Sam. 
or Jared Padalecki or Sam. Jared Padalecki. I feel like it works. <laughs> I feel like it makes a lot of sense on multiple levels. I wouldn't. I, would, I don't want it to be a replacement for Supernatural. I'd, but watch, I, I'd watch the shit out of it. It would be interesting to see more of the comedic yeah. and have a younger audience target for Why the Supernatural. Can Why we not? just have Dean shoot Scrappy in the face to start <laughs> off? Like, yeah, he was. You know, that <laughs> happened when they were trying. They were struggling for ratings, and they introduced oh, Scrappy. God, yeah. Scrappy. What a waste of yeah. time. Yeah, we don't like to talk. That's about basically that. the bloodlines of Scooby. Yeah, Scrappy's the bloodlines. Fucking <laughs> Scrappy. They, they, they dabbed a little bit there. Yeah, bitch, dab, bitch. Dab. When do you we were qu- hoping when, there was a drop there? Yeah, when so do we you quit, have to sing. When that. do we quit using dab as an because he's never. A, we will never. never, never. No, if we we use carved up all the time. <laughs> yeah, you know, carving it up. Dab is stuck. Gambling with that. a little bit. Sometimes you just dab gamble. is stuck with that until. He, How about he dab and gamble? Dab and Gamble? Sounds like, sounds like a law firm. <laughs> sounds like a, yeah, it does. <laughs> Here at Dab and Gamble, we'll make sure your episodes suck. Oh, oh come damn. on. Simple Jack. <laughs> <laughs> All right, with that, guys, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to get into the discussion of Season 13, Episode 2, or I'll get cut off, <laughs> The Rising Sun, in just a minute. Coming in November is the Crossroads Wayward Sisters edition. Find out the latest breaking news and speculation surrounding the newly announced spinoff series. Available exclusively to our Patreon subscribers. Pledge $5 or more a month and gain access to this, plus hours of additional content. Head over to patreon.com slash Digital to pledge. She Stay true to its course and the the politically intertwined multi-layered theme of the show Discovery, which we're going to get into that. We've already discussed it in bits and pieces uh, throughout the last two or three episodes that we've done, but it's staying true to that. The, the very name itself, Discovery, isn't there just to describe conveniently the name of the ship they're on has to do with a lot of things discovery of who you are discovery of the unknown discovery of exotic unknown cultures star trek from the holodeck the discovery edition breaking down analyzing and discussing every episode of the new hit trek series search for it on itunes and stitcher simply search from the holodeck you can also find it on the Rainman Digital app. Just search Rainman Digital from the iTunes App Store or Google Play. Any simulation 
The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. Have you gone into the, like, when you were a kid, your first exposure to porn was going into the woods. Really? (laughs) Wait a second. You remember that story? You've never, what? That's what happened to me. Wait, what? It happened to everybody. Everybody used to go into the woods and stumble upon some dirty mags. Really? In the deep woods. So that's normal. Absolutely. What the fuck are you two talking about? It it was on about 20 or 30 trees, just nailed to it all over the place. And and me and my brother went over there. I think it was called And it traumatized me. It was called bait. Is that what you do? Jeez, they were laid Tony. down bait, you know, like uh, how hunters, you know, go after rabbits. Most dangerous game, Tony over here. Good lord, man. I mean, think about it. They're what, laid down. like the Steve they're... Irwin of pedophiles? Yeah, they're, they're laid down the trap. Crocky, that's a big one. There. You're lucky. They're, they were laying down the trap for you guys. He's all crocky. If you look closely, hold on, let me go into the forest. If you're ever wondering how, he captured 12-year-old boys or five. <laughs> what you do... This is what we do down under. I know that isn't a joke. This is what we do down under. <laughs> Visit RainManShow.com. Previously on Supernatural: The Crossroads. I wanted to make note of her comment because it's exactly what we said. With knowing that people are coming back from the news interviews, from producers, from everyone wanting to know some tidbit before we get to the show as she said as we've said does take away from it in some way i i do wish we could have some sort of you know non-disclosure agreement or muzzles or muzzles you know helatus muzzles gag helatus muzzles those aren't it's not a muzzle if it's a ball in your mouth that's a different thing that's a gag right yeah 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 i'm into those (laughs) That might be sexy as well. This it says, you know. All right, everybody. It's Helatus. Come here and get your ball gag. Get your ball gag. Free for everyone. You guys don't know how to keep your nasty little potty mouth closed. <laughs> wow. So here's a gag. Uh, do you what have a character you is that, that you doing right now? Do you have a I don't know. Too? Like, Michael Flores, you know, sex toy seller. Sex toy. <laughs> wow. Talk about exposition. <laughs> Hello, Michael Flores, sex toy seller. There's a colon. That's not his full name. Hey guys, wait, wait, his hey colon. Guys, how can we get these actors to shut the fuck up? <laughs> uh, hey, uh, I, I, I got an idea. I think, I think we should shut my panties down their mouth. Have you heard of Supernaturally Crossroads? They have a ball gag. That's a good idea. We could buy a lot of those. Yeah. We'll just sell it to the to the cast. <laughs> how about me? Uh, shut up, Jensen. Here's how a can ball I gag. Shut up. How can I quit talking about that? That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Uh, I'm just joking. I love everyone. <laughs> and ball gags. Yeah, they're great. But let's invest in ball gags. <laughs> you know what? I think, that's gonna be a, douche on it. I think that's going to be a Patreon gift. There we go. What? How deep Valentine's Day is coming up. Oh. A wayward douche ball gag. <laughs> <In chat. laughs> oh, my God. Welcome back, everybody. Supernatural The Crossroads. Now we're going to be talking about Season 13, Episode 2, The Rising Sun. Ryan, can you give us a synopsis? Uh, I can. This one was directed by Thomas J. Wright and written by Eugenie Ross Lemming and Brad Buckner. I've decided to say those names so you don't fuck them up. Thank you very much. And as Jack begins acclimating himself to his surroundings, Sam and Dean receive a surprising visit from Donatello Redfield regarding the boy and his power. Asmodeus, the last prince of hell, comes out of hiding and sets his sights on Jack. Meanwhile, Mary and Lucifer begin to encounter the inhabitants of the alternate universe. The wordy synopsis. 
It is a wordy <laughs> one. Donatello Redfield. What a name, dude. Now, I, I'm ju- jealous. I, I wish my name was that. You also wish you were Ninja Turtles, so. Yeah. Dude, every time I hear Donatello, I literally <laughs> think of Ninja Turtles, dude. I, I don't know. Whatever. Now, Thomas J. Wright, director of Baby, one of our favorite episodes, yeah. if not the favorite episode from I love him. season 11. Whoa. He's good. He, would, you, he would you have his not, babies? Yes. Oh, wow. In Baby. There oh. has not. He has not returned to direct since the season 11 mid-season premiere, The Devil in the Details. Which, oh, wow. Yeah, an entire season without doing it. And we know that directors come back and leave, and, and it will be years between when they do an episode or they'll do one episode in the year. But usually it seems like the ones they bring back do about two a year. Yeah, roughly. So for him to be gone for an entire year, I hope he was working on something for himself at Wait, that time. Let me make sure. Let me check. I think I might have skipped some episodes. Oh, shit. Well, <laughs> this may be completely bullshit because Mike missed something. Let me make sure. Either I, I could have swore he directed something last year. <laughs> and it's not there. He did not. He did not. You're right. Well, then there we go. Shit. Wow. He, yeah, Which you're makes right. me wonder what was he working on for, to not come back for a year, but now he's back for season 13. Hopefully it was something for himself because the guy has some serious fucking talent. I, I think Baby was a great example for anybody who doubts that yep. to see what he can do with the limited perspective of the car is a phenomenal fucking episode. And here we see not just his skills, but we see a great installment by Eugenie Ross Lemming and Brad Buckner. About fucking time. Kudos to them. This may be their best written episode and I'm not, I, I wouldn't be surprised i'm not saying they haven't written good episodes we just know that they're a bit um what's the word i'm looking they're inconsistent they're hit or miss yeah and this episode wasn't just a decent episode like they've written yeah you're like Meh, that's a decent episode this was a solid effing episode and it could be what we always talk about pay, pairing you have to pair. Yep. You have yeah. to pair up the writers with the right director yes. to translate what's on that page visually and execute it correctly. And that's something that we're seeing Dab is able to do. He's pairing up the right people. He did it with season 12. He's pairing up certain. I, and he may have been playing a bit, trying to fumble and figure it out. I think he for was season for, 12. S- for some of it. Yeah. And now... He's getting the pairing. He's understanding it because you have to you have to find the right right director for the right script. And Thomas J. Wright obviously was the right man for the job for this episode because he did an amazing job. He really did. And I liked a lot of the writing in this episode. I've seen some people on Reddit who were not as much fans. However, I think there's a strong argument that this is one of their best written episodes in a, in a while. I think out of at least season 12's stuff that they did. I would agree. More and more, more and more, I'm realizing that social media, unfortunately, are not necessarily <laughs> dumb. They're very toxic on social media. And oh, yeah. I'm, I'm realizing more and more that people just like to bitch, complain, and moan. And there may not even be some true passion or truth to what they're saying. They're just on Dude. Twitter. They're uh, Twitter, they're Facebook, there to get a Reddit. They're yeah. there to get a reaction. They're bored. They're sitting in their cubicle. They wish they write television. And they're just there to be toxic and poisonous. So what's so your I, online I, account names? <laughs> so dumb. I, yeah. I, I never do stuff Double like Ryan that. Here, the funny thing is Ryan's the actual troll here out of the three of us. Yeah, but I'm a, I'm but a, troll's I'm a, purpose, a troll. He's a troll troll. Like, I'm a troll for a, a reason. Under a bridge troll. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But you're right, Mike, because if you look at the comment section of anything and it constantly happens i don't even look at it anymore because it's always toxic it's always toxic the most uplifting good story that'll bring a tear to your eye 
there is somebody in the comments who will destroy it or shit on it in some way. Yep. So you're right. It's really not worth listening to so many of them. And the moment a Supernatural fan says that I see on Reddit, which I see pop up a lot until I quit looking at it, is the moment someone writes Supernatural should have ended at season five, I there's no there's no longer any validity to anything they say. They're they're idiots. Because <laughs> no, because there's been such great seasons since then. Yeah. Such great stories. Yeah. Yep. And in fact, on we're going to be covering this on our Patreon show, but Crowley, for example, didn't fully become a character till a season character six. Till after season five. Yeah. He didn't fully become realized and become the person we love and like and cheered for and rooted for until after season six, season seven. Honestly, so, eight. And, and his story, his arc meant so much to the Winchester's development as well. So. Your comment doesn't mean anything. You yeah. could say, hey, I appreciated the first five seasons more than anything, and that's fine. And I'm not going to take away that from you because it's subjective and, and what people like. However, to just make a blanket statement like that, go fuck yeah. yourself. You know, like, <laughs> just go watch something else. I, I get what you're saying. I, get what I you're just saying don't like. there is so much poison. And if you see, are a fan of something, why are you? Typically, it's hateful or still watching. See, it. see Mike goes and basically, def- Thomas, don't ever bring up social media. Thomas goes, <laughs> or, or Mike, the thing is, Mike goes to their profile to see the other comments. I go to their profile to pick their pictures and then say a <laughs> shitty comment about them as a person. That's, yeah, that's personal. trolling. A nice personal attack. Good yeah, job. Yeah. Absolutely. That's yeah. where I go with it. Take it personal. <laughs> if you're going to be stupid, I'm going to take it personal. All right. Anyway, I just, good I, Christ, I, I can just, we get off this fucking subject? I just attack their taste. <laughs> Jesus. I attack them I attack for being their person. I attack you, their yeah. taste. You attack their, you know, below the belt. <laughs> Whatever, dude. Anyway, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Probably one of the best written episodes they've had for me personally since season 11. But with not the, for us. That is not the best written episode. <laughs> Mid season premiere for them. Eugenie Ross Lemming and Brad Buckner. One of their strongest episodes in the last two years easily, I think. Absolutely. We get to see a lot of different things through the parallel narrative structure, which some people are not fans of. I don't understand how some people aren't fans of, but again, I'm not going to go on social media because Mike's going to... He looked at me like, he's like, oh, I got round two of poison myself ready right here. Jesus. Listen, if you want to pick comments, go to comments on our Facebook page because our listeners are not trolls. And when they post something they don't like, they put sound reasoning in there as to why. Yeah. They don't just do blanket statements. They back up their views and that's very different than this sucks supernatural should have ended in season five <laughs> that i hate you hear the cheeto dust being pounded into the air <laughs> with the typing anyway this episode was a great second half of a premiere in some you. ways okay we're gonna take apparently five fucking minutes for mike simple jack <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, but this episode did feel like the second half of a premiere without being a part two cliffhanger for the first half, which I like that. I feel like it's a better way to do it because this did have a ton of introductions. One of the most toted introductions or ones that we've talked about through news segments was the return of Michael, but not exactly Michael. This is new, you know, bizarro Michael. Do we call it Bizarro or is it Alt-Earth? I don't know what Lucifer people are called it. Lucifer called it Bizarro. Do we have a name yet for... L- for Lucifer, Lucifer literally... called it Bizarro, and I know some people on social media call it Alt, but I like Bizarro. Mm. I think that sounds cool because it's all black and white. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. But we see Michael show up, and he's very different than the Michael we knew. How so, Thomas? Well, he looked like he stepped out of a spaghetti <laughs> western, which I, I definitely <laughs> I like that. the duster. I really did. That I was funny. It's kind of cool. Dab must be a spaghetti western fan. I for, think he is. Yeah. 
with some of the stuff he's done, and yeah. some, you know, I think he has to be. But the Mike we see here is very angry, very vengeful. In season five, the Michael we saw when he uh, possessed their father when back in the past and when he was possessing Adam for a short period of time, mm-hmm. he seemed almost like it was he was regretting having to do this. He was, and I think that deliberately corresponded with the fact that he and Dean are supposed to be aligned. They're the parallels right. there. It's something that he doesn't want to do, like killing Sam is something that he talked about he might have to do because dad told him to. That's the whole plot of seasons one through five. Michael doesn't want to do these things. Lucifer didn't want to fight Michael at the end of season five, but it was something that he had to do because of family responsibility. The Michael we see here in Bizarro Earth is is fucking angry, dude. Yeah, it was quite a he contrast. He was happy to kill his brother. He's like, I, it was a proud moment almost, it felt, where he's like, I ripped him apart o- over the skies of, I can't remember Abilene. where he, Abilene, thank you. You're welcome. You know, that was, this is a battle-hardened version, and it makes sense because what we see, the angels in our version of Earth show up in, you know, kind of like the demons. Sometimes they're wearing suits, they're kind of bureaucratic, and then these angels we see show up to fight against Lucifer They're are in military group. gear. Yeah. They're warriors. They aren't fucking around. Mortars are False. coming through the air. False. Exactly. False. And Michael False. seems to be the same kind of guy to lead them down that path, dark and violent. I think the interesting takeaway is, is what you started with, with the uh, the contrasting of the two Michaels. I feel like that's really relevant on a lot of levels. And I'm hoping they explore that more. What's the difference? What happened? Why are the Michaels so different? Because as you brought up, the Michael we saw, even when he entered John Winchester, John Winchester mm-hmm. as a young man, and he was always honorable. Yeah, he had that's, a, the, that's the great way to describe it. That's the vibe he gave off. There was a sense of honor. And for the writers to make a decision like that and to contrast the two Michaels, they're saying something. What is the difference between our Earths? Why did Michael become so, so violent. violent and bloody and warrior-like compared to the Michael that we had in our Earth? Is what it really was the just the lack of Sam and Dean in this universe? I can't think that's the only thing. No, that's putting way too much importance, even though it is their story. and It's way too much for the entirety of a dimension of yeah. earth to be the hinged on two characters right and i think that's one of the questions we're going to explore going through i hope in so. season 13 i hope so thomas because even lucifer uh, the evil bad guy that he was particularly in the first five seasons of supernatural there was still that that line he didn't want to cross he didn't want to kill michael he yeah. didn't want to yeah. kill a gabriel he he wanted to kill everybody else had no problem with that but he didn't want to kill his brothers he was unhappy when gabriel confronted him in uh was it thor's hammer is that the episode uh, the, i know the one you're talking where about. he killed the gods hammer the gods yeah he didn't want to kill gabriel do you remember when gabriel oh, yeah. approached him and said i can't let you do this and there was there was regret when he killed his brother there was a dislike there was a dislike of what he of what he did and same thing when he had to confront michael it's not yeah. something that he necessarily wanted to do to do they portrayed it more as it was his destiny and that was the thing and going through the motions yeah destiny versus choice was the big thing and i i really hope and so far they they they're on par with some of our great seasons so far only two episodes in and the direction is definitely there i'm hoping they do explore that aspect we're spending time in the alternate reality 
There is no Sam and Dean. There's got to be a reason. There's Lucifer and Mary. There's got to be a reason as to why they're going to explore that path and how is it going to eventually connect back to the narrative of Sam and Dean? Because you got to remember, this show is about Sam and Dean. So when you write a story, you can't write a thread of, of a narrative that goes off the left side or goes off to the right side without bringing it back around at some point. So how is this going to matter to the Winchester storyline? And that's the most exciting part about that entire scene for me. I is also that. think it it brings up a bunch of questions. I don't know if this is questions that will be solved in season 13 or if this is, you know, future seasons, 14, 15, whatever we end up getting. You know, what about what happened here? We know that Sam and Dean don't exist and we know that Michael won. But this this is not the heaven on earth that was promised by Zachariah and all them in season five. This is a fucking Mad Max hellish landscape. Well, Dab had said, and you know, I think in in VW said this in the chat room that he mentioned that Michael in this apocalypse, apocalypse world or bizarre, whatever you want to call it, is more like Genghis Khan. Yeah, we he's talked like about a that. Conqueror. Yeah, we, we discussed that so, at length over the summer. But so, my question is, why is it just who Michael is and how he was portrayed or portrayed in this? That's well, the Mike, point. That's or the was point. there something but, else to this? Like, because we know some of the reason why Michael is the way he is and Lucifer well, is the way he is in our reality is because of God and his relationship to his sons. Right, but the the reason I say that is because if we're okay, let's let, let's step back here and think about the interdimensions or the multiverse or whatever the hell you want to call it. Um if there are infinite dimensions or mm-hmm. universes, right. then in that theory is that infinite universes there's infinite stories. So it would make sense that in this, you know, version version that Michael was I don't want to use evil because that's not the right word, but um, what if he was the darker one compared to Lucifer? Right. And I think that's that's I like that. And I think that's OK. And I, yeah, mean, I know it's a mean, loose. You mean different prophecy, different yes, biblical I lore. Think, you mean everything is upside down. Right. So that, that's with that in, it, with that infinite universe, um, you know, there's infinite uh, possibilities. So my point being is that if that's where we're going and I don't know if that's I'm just spitballing here, but I think it would be cool to see kind of a reversal of. You know, Lucifer was the was the not so better, the better of the two. And Michael was the bad guy. That is interesting. However, I think it's a little too obvious to do something like that. Do you get what I'm saying? I I get that it might be a little too obvious, but they can do that. And I think it's cool. And you bring up an, an awesome point. That maybe everything is upside down. You know, whatever's right is wrong and everything's wrong is right. That would be an awesome look into the differences. And I'm all about parallels and contrast contrasting. And if they can do that by exposing us to this world and explaining what makes this world tick, there's got to be that catalyst, though. You can't just say this is how it is. If you're going to introduce something like that, there's got to be a catalyst. There's got to be a why. Which brings me my biggest question with all this. If there is infinite dimensions, or at least as far as we know, and there's different versions of Michael and Lucifer, are there different versions of God? Or was he one and he has the control of all, all these the strings of reality? Yeah. If that's true, what is it about or our reality with Sam and Dean that is so different? Or is that where he's been going? Is that why he's gone? For so long. Well, he has mentioned, I believe in season 11, he mentioned that he made other worlds. Yeah. And this is the only one that's clicked, that's worked. But it does. We know he's a fuck up, frankly. Yeah. But it does bring up a lot of questions. Is this one of the worlds that Amara had a hand in destroying? Is this the aftermath of her 
being one, the one bu- she kicked down. Yeah. Do you remember when he said that she was essentially a bully that always yeah. would break what he would make? So is this an example of one of the worlds? Did she play a part in the downward spiral of moral, you know, inadequacies like yeah. because of something she did? See, that would be a catalyst. That would be a why. And it would connect to season 11. Or something like that. Does this get even farther out? That's hard to comprehend that there are multiple versions of God and the that reality itself. You could ask that question, though. I, absolutely, because I did. When I was watching yeah. this and I saw other Michaels that don't. Where does that line like, end? Why is there other Michaels? Why is there other Lucifers? Does is this mean how you other bring gods? And this is then because of the season 13 promo still way back. We're getting way too does chicken Does that bring back <laughs> death? Yeah. Does a different version of death show up? Oh, yeah. Oh, There's you're okay so with that? so many fucking questions. No, I'm not okay with that. I'm just, but it, if it, death it, is it, eternal as is God. I mean, this is getting... How many other shows can you have these kind of questions? That's right. my point. And, and that's why they need to be careful. And that's... We just went down the fucking rabbit hole and, for a little and bit And you there. know what? The writers can do the exact same thing. So they need to be very careful on how they proceed moving forward because they can create a lot of issues. I, for one, want there to be one God who's in yeah. charge of everything. Me I think too. that would make sense. And also it does. It just makes sense from everything that we've seen so far. It fits better. We, have, we already know that the cosmos exists. And the cosmos obviously encompasses everything right. which would be alternate realities right so i'm willing to bet there's one death there's one god there's one of the supremes of everything you know these creatures are like these angels are creations They're, yeah so creations would make that. sense to be duplicated whereas things that had no creative the beginning hand, and end that is right alpha and omega god and amara makes sense that they'd be the end points yeah so we, we'll see. I'm sure it's going to be something they lightly cover for now. And honestly, I don't think it needs to be touched on. It's not one of those no, things that need I to be I don't need dealt. all the answers right now. Yeah, it, it, we're way too early in this world. There are so many things they can explore, and all of that right. can come way later, and I'm okay with that. It's yeah. not one of those immediate Again, it answers. could be seasons later, and we'd be okay yeah. with that, too. And that's the beautiful thing about what the tail end of season 12 did, and of course, the beginning of season 13 they literally wrote themselves a check for another three or four viable seasons. Yeah. Easily. Because of this turn of events. And even the introduction of Jack and what he has done for the story and what he's done just in two episodes. What Jack has done for Sam and Dean is something that we haven't quite seen in almost two or three seasons. He's done, and not that those other two or three seasons have lacked. I'm saying he has brought a dynamic that we have not had in a long time. I agree. I think that Jack as a character with this, it, it, they really did. They wrote a check with unlimited times that they can cash it, theoretically, at the end of season 12 with his powers. And we know that going forward, it just can become more and more limitless. And it, it, in some ways, it's very smart to do it that way because yep. then you have a character that can just change the game at any point. Right. Without having someone as all-powerful and all-knowing as yep. God constantly in play because that takes away all risk but it's still a double-edged sword i mean it's a very oh, high power to have someone with that kind of gift absolutely you know? and i think oh. them going forward with this season will explain a lot of right. that and you have the lot of the moral complexities yeah. of what's possible and what's right before we move into jack because there's a lot we can get into with yeah. him i want to talk briefly because we were talking about michael and lucifer in that scene i want to bring it back to that fight scene even though it was simple it was fun and it doesn't need to be elaborate, and that's something that I think Supernatural sometimes has 
not suffered from. I think for the most part, their stunt work is pretty good. There's been a few complaints here and there. I think you might have had some issues with a few things early in season 12, I believe. Yeah. But then we saw the, the fight scene uh, between Mary and the Men of Letters individual. I mean, that was just amazing, just fantastically done. And I think this week also was another example of something a little more simple that was blocked correctly. And I wanted to bring up the stunt coordinator, Rob Hader. He's actually fairly new. He's only been with Supernatural since season 12. So he's new. Okay. Which might make sense, Thomas, why the first stunt scene we saw in felt season a 12 different. felt a little different and maybe a little off because I mm-hmm. think he might have been finding his, his feet. Right. But we have a fairly new stunt coordinator, not new to the work. He's been a part of the craft for a long time, but new on Supernatural. And I'm liking what we see. There's a little, there's a difference to the fighting. It's, it's not as elaborate, although the small amount of scenes that we are privy to are well executed and blocked. And that's something that I feel a lot of television uh, due to budget restraints and time suffer from legitimate fight scenes that are not just coordinated correctly and choreographed, but blocked. You have to be that type of stunt coordinator that can work with your team around you. As we know, film is a collaborative art form. You can't go on set and be like, fuck you, camera guy. I'm going to do, do it all. I'm going to do this, this and that. You have to work with your camera crew to make sure the blocking's on point. So your stunt scene looks, looks legit. Good. It yeah. has to look legit because something that may work from one angle will not work from another. So, like I said, the stunt scenes for the most part have been spot on, but I've p- been paying close attention since the Mary Winchester versus Men of Letters fight because there was a significant difference in the fight scene. It was very gritty and raw. If you remember, it was bloody, it was mm-hmm. gritty, it was in your face. There was a lot of handheld cameras, and that's something that we've seen throughout the course of Supernatural. I think the one that really sticks out for me is the, um, do you remember the Mark Kane episode? Yeah. Where he Absolutely. was, where Dean was fighting the demons when we first were introduced to Kane, and he was going to town on all the demons that broke into Kane's house. Yeah, I mean that was a gritty and raw scene. That was a good example of something that we're seeing a little bit more of now. We're seeing something that's a little more raw, a little more in your face. I like the camera movement, the blocking, and the choreography. See, scenes. for me, it was not as prevalent in the Michael versus Lucifer fight, but Sam versus or Dean versus the demon in the bedroom. No, I agree with that one too. Was that for me? Yeah, felt a lot more. You know, bare knuckle, dragged out, throwing through the pieces of wood into the other yeah, room. Yep. It felt more planned out rather than just kind of exchanging punches into the jaw. Right. Which that would, some other scenes have felt like earlier in season 12. Yeah. It felt like a more real fight scene. It felt like how you'd actually fight. You'd pick that dude up and you'd throw him. I just think that all the ladies got really jealous of that that stunt actor no, that no. got to get straddled <laughs> in between Jensen's legs. No. They're like, oh, my God. Oh, please put a ball gag as well, please. Wait, we're ball gag. Of course, we were did. To, yeah, we, we, we had to ruin it. We went 20 minutes way too serious. I know. Yeah. And then Ryan's like, all right, we're going to bring this down. I had to come in like a wrecking ball. <laughs> oh, God, I hate are you. Na- you. Are you naked? Yes. Are you naked? That's where you, you need that Absolutely. song drop just ready. L- licking the chain. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're so gross. I know. Whatever. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> now we got to do that promo shot for our next episode. We do. <laughs> do it. I, will get, I don't know if I'll get naked. I won't be getting naked. Do it. Don't, oh, be, a, don't be a pussy. Partially nude. Partial nude. Yeah. All, all or nothing. Wow, you, okay, Andrew. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, this is my jam right here. Mm. 
I can see Ryan doing that. Hell yeah. Who's gonna be, it's honestly horrifying that who's I can gonna imagine grease that. me up. We're having a serious conversation about, you know, high quality production yeah, work. The difference between the bare knuckle fighting and some, you know, boxing style yeah. from earlier episodes. Yeah, gritty camera blocking, a stunt coordinator, and then out of knowing, nowhere, knowing his, uh, his marks. I came in like a wrecking ball. <laughs> that guy was straddled in Dean's legs. <laughs> He was up against his penis. All the girls got wet, wet. He knows the song. Of course, I know the song, dude. That it's actually a good song. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, yeah. Hey, I'm open to all types of genres of music. <laughs> you are. It's it's, it's very. Admirable. Oh my god. Why do you gotta ruin shit? <laughs> <laughs> because hit the drop. <laughs> Yep. Why do you gotta ruin shit? Because just walk away. I will. Wow, Ryan really does know this song. He knows the whole song. I think we found his new karaoke at the next oh con. I'll do God, this song. Yes, at the next Look, convention. Yes, I will please. fucking do this song, and I will destroy everyone. <laughs> I wish I had a camera right now. Just on. At all, all you ever did was break me. <laughs> I think he's like uh, awesome. I yes. think he might be like what's it called? He's harnessing like anger from his divorce. <laughs> <laughs> That's three years ago. Channeling misdirected. Yeah, channeling. There anger. we go. There we go. All right. Can we get back on track? I think please? so. Nah. Jesus. Thank you, Ryan, for that. I had to derail Between that. Between Ryan and the person running this board back here, this show's a <laughs> shit show. Oh, yeah. Simple Jack. <laughs> Speaking of. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we, we were going into the fact that Jack has allowed them a check in which they can cash it as many times as they want and change the game whenever without having the stipulation of an omnipresent, all knowing deity involved as well. And. I think they're doing a really good job with Jack so far. And I think a lot of that comes from the actor, how much we have all as an audience automatically gravitated towards him. Dude, he's good. He's Alexander really good. Calvert. Yeah, he, he is really he good. He was not this. He was an arrow, right? Uh, Yeah, he was. Um, he, he uh, was anarchy. anarchy. Yeah, he was decent as anarchy. Yeah, but he didn't. The, the, the character was completely opposite. Like, let's be completely. Yeah, honest but if here. you're, you know, look at Daniel Day Lewis is in a scene. It doesn't matter what scene he's in. Yeah, there's something. He's di- there's also something an different. A plus. That's come on, dude. That's like comparing a Ferrari to a Pinto. What are you? What are you trying to say? He's a come Pinto. on, dude. What a put down. Daniel Day Lewis <laughs> is like one of the best actors in the world. My point is, is that if you're with if you're an actor you can almost make any scene shine and he was good as anarchy he wasn't bad however he's really able to shine you are very defensive about your arrow shows relax he is, yeah. he is. stop stop making fun of my my arrow shows <laughs> butthole um no but my, it, my point is is that he's a very capable actor yeah, and right. they're giving him something that he can truly shine in well and i think this show. is a great example of that because we've seen him only in two episodes less than two hours worth of screen time well and he has done a great job captivating most of us gaining sympathy or empathy from the audience in ways that other characters have struggled for a very long time to ever gain an audience i I think i think the thing too and 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 obviously i'm not an actor by any means but 
I think as, as an actor, I'm sure he, this is a character that you can kind of grasp onto and say, okay, this character doesn't know much about the world. And he's, I, he has to play this character finding out about the world and, and who he is. And, 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 and I think it gives him a little bit more freedom and range. It gives him more an freedom, act- but I feel like it'd be more difficult because other director and actor setups you can say okay here's where your motivation comes from here's the history of this show here's the history of your character this is literally you know nothing here is a blank slate to which you must build a character and the best example he has is perhaps castiel because a lot of people have picked up that he seems to have similar mannerisms to castiel in season four and even in this episode we see him mimicking dean's actions okay something as simple as that tells a great story and is something that few actors are always cognizant of. And I think because he is playing somebody who has nothing to go on, it show that that's something that other weaker actors could easily mess up and make it feel corny or out of place or annoy us very early on. And I think you hit it on the head with your first comments there. Um, he reminds of a reminds us of Castiel. He mimics Dean. There's, this is an example of not Dab returning to the well, but an example of Dab understanding the supernatural audience and what made the audience connect with our characters to where we have a show going on 13 seasons. And Supernatural has always been about a band of misfits, out, yeah. outcasts, loners, and for the most part, misunderstood. And this is... A yet another character that has been introduced with familiar archetypal tones. He is a page taken from the supernatural writing Bible yeah. of these are the characters that connect well with the audience. And yep. they're not going back or returning to the well. This isn't an ode to nostalgia. Yes, it's playing on nostalgic themes. Absolutely. But when you're writing a show, you have to stick to those. That's what makes a show a show. That's what makes a show feel like it's still supernatural. You can't change the theme. You can't change the archetypes. Otherwise, it's not the same show. And that's what Dab has done very well with this character. He introduced a character that's very familiar. With while still being new. Exactly. Different, different potential outcomes. But similar notes, and especially the fact that they're playing with those parallels between Jack and Sam. And that's something that worked so well with the audience for the first five years. A character that we we are emotionally invested in, a character that we truly care about. And yet with a tragic background, with a tragic background and the foreshadowing of tragedy and the fact that they may end up being evil if they're not careful. And that's exactly what we see happening with Jack, someone who is good hearted. The guy was born with a good heart. I don't think that's he even has deb- no ill attention. I don't, I don't think you can even debate that at this point. It's yeah. proven that he is not his father. He was just right. like Lucifer was born pure and good. He allowed himself to become slowly evil by allowing himself to hold on to animosity, resentment, jealousy, anger. and then anger. And then he became the person who he is. Um, Jack is a shining example of people are born pure and innocent. And now it's up to him. To choose how he will or who he will become. It's it's a beautiful story. And it's it's just exactly like with Sam and Sam going against his destiny. I mean, this is a perfect example how it's unraveling 
is going to be another example of free will. This is Dab it's bringing the, back yeah. the very essence of Supernatural, it's which is team free will. It's the backbone of the series. I mean, back with seasons one through five, you had Sam and Dean paralleled to Michael and Lucifer. You know, John Winchester is God, that whole thing. Now with Jack, we have the very same concept where one is born good, but has this power inside them that they're not aware of. And is afraid that they are a monster in some ways wants to die. Sam, you know, with his powers, not understanding them, feeling guilty about Jess dying. The fact that Jack feels bad about the fact that he could hurt somebody. And Dean way back in season two, saying to Sam that he may have to kill him. According to John, should things get go awry is the exact same scenario. We find ourselves in here. And like you said, it's nostalgia, but it's it's also something different at the same time. And it's kind of interesting to see that Dean is taking that stance. It's not because, just member berries. No, it's not just member berries. <laughs> it is interesting you to remember see. Lucifer? I remember Lucifer. He was cool. Lucifer? You remember Hell? I remember Hell. It had the cage in it. You remember Sam? I remember Sam. He had nice abs. You remember Yellow Eyes? I remember Yellow Eyes. He got shot in the head. <laughs> But it is interesting <laughs> to see. I'm going to move right past it. Yes. It's interesting to see Dean take this stance so defiantly when he himself was in this exact situation 10 years ago. Yeah. With his own brother and not wanting to have to make that decision. So what has changed? Is it that he has gone so far down this other path of seeing how often it doesn't work out? Has too much death and loss caused him to take this stance is this because of the direct death of castiel his best friend and this is where we see the show and jack tying in to the development of sam and dean because we right. can we can love jack all day long but the story is not about jack it's about what he's going to do for sam and dean's story and that's really the question that's now posed to the audience will dean really become that person will he put down jack is he that broken that he's willing to commit an atrocity, like putting down someone innocent because he's finally fed up? He finally right. he's finally looking at things from the perspective of the angels, of death, of Billy the it's Reaper. All meaningless. And he realizes, listen, man, we are not we the things, we aren't the heroes anymore. The decisions we are making are hurting people and killing people. This is enough. I'm going to take this gun and I'm going to blow this guy away. And is, I think is it, this what our hero has become? Will I think he, in some ways that Dean has this stance because of the events of the recent years. Of his course. connection with the Mark, his connection to Amara, the loss of Castiel, his connection to his mother at the end of season 12, that speech we had where he had to be the parent. Dean has been through all this shit and is tired of it. I mean, I remember one of my favorite episodes way back in season two, you know, saying, when is it our turn? Haven't we done enough? That kind of thing. He sees the darkness that Jack could potentially fall into because he himself has done that. He's afraid of Jack for the same reason he's afraid of what he could become, what he has become at the beginning of season 10. Meanwhile, Sam has triumphed over these, you know, this darkness, whether it was season five gaining control of Lucifer to jump in the cage or becoming a, a better hunter trying to find his brother when he went demon or whether it was being a leader in season 12. Sam has kind of always stepped up his game and, and taken the higher road while Dean is yeah. 
destined in his mind to always take the easier route. Well, not even the easier route, but but make that sacrifice or fall into the darkness. Well, and it's interesting to see their two different mindsets come to light here, because I know one thing people have talked about so far, the, the, the trolls and the naysayers are that is, you know, Sam and Dean are just sitting on the sidelines. And I'm like, you are not understanding. It's about their emotional development right now, because that is what we're watching. Jack is a catalyst for them making decisions. Hold on, Tommy. Is that really what they're saying for this season already? I've seen some people say that it's, already. It's not that. that. Last season, I would agree that they were window dressing. Because I do. Last as we, season, yes. As we have said, you know, Dab was trying to find his footing and figure out his story and where he wants to go. This is a very different first two se- first two episodes than we got last year. This is a, a yeah. This is a season that immediately feels like it's focused. And the events that are unfolding are far from just Sam being window dressing. There are parallels. There are things directly connecting to them. And we're waiting for things to unravel. There are questions that are being posed for Sam and Dean. Last year, they were a bit abstract with Sam and Dean. This year, it's relating back to them. The fact that Dean may end up going against the very essence of free will and not giving Jack a the chance. same chance that he gave his brother and himself time and again. Exactly. These are things. This is not them being window dressing. These are questions that are posed to them and the audience. Will Dean, in fact, do this? Will, I, will he make the hard decisions finally after all this time? I go ahead, Ryan. I think truly uh, that that whole scene was interesting to me because I think Dean is a couple different things in this scene. He which scene specifically you're talking the, the, about? The one where he promises he's going he's going to kill the final scene. Yes, the, the final scene. Got and it. I think this is a few things. I think obviously Dean is still hurting and upset about, you know, losing so many people and he has that conversation with Sam. And I think he's pretty much fed up. I think he's just he's he's done. He's, you know, I he's looking at Jack at okay, I've got another entity that I don't know if I can contain, but I'm right. going to do my best to take out, especially if, you know, he's threatening who I have left, which, you know, is basically Sam. Sam yeah. And, you know, I'm he's got the mentality at this point of I don't want to lose any more people. doesn't matter who it is. doesn't matter, you know, and, and I think he's also being very guarded here. I think every time that Sam talks to him about. About uh, Jack, I think he's kind of. He's playing devil's advocate when he see he can clearly see that Jack is struggling himself. So I I'm I'm interested to see where they play this out. I don't I don't think window dressing is the right word at all because um, no, I disagree. I see a I mean, full on parallel yes. with Sam from season five, yep. and that's and I think that's where where in the end Dean is going to go. Holy shit! This is my brother. Yeah, you know this yeah. is the same shit that he went through. And yeah. the way I the episode that I immediately referenced with seeing Dean at the end of that scene saying he'd be the one to kill him if it got out of hand is in season five. I don't remember the name of the episode at this time, but when the two hunters kill them in the hotel room and they go to heaven for that short period of time, because at this point, Dean is one decision away from being those guys who gunned down him and his brother in that motel because Sam was the monster there was the choice of free will versus destiny and what another hunter thought was right. Yeah, and t- exactly, Thomas. And and that's where we're going with the story. So anybody, frankly, who thinks that Sam and Dean are just window dressing in this and it's all about Jack or yeah. something, you're 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 not paying attention you're to the subtleties, the I think, yeah. th- that's of an am- them as people. Yes. And that's an amazing character arc when you really look at what Dean and Sam are both going through right now. The fact that 
you're being asked. The character is questioning their own belief structure and ideology and whether or not they're going to do certain things. You're challenging the very essence of what makes Sam and Dean Sam and Dean. And if these are the things that we're throwing at our protagonists, this is something real. And this is something that's centered around them. I mean, the fact that Dean walked in on Jack stabbing himself repeatedly. How fucking dark of a scene was that? Fucked up, dude. Yeah. I was disturbed by it. And, and even though they don't show it, they don't need to show it. The you fact, don't need to. Yeah. The, they showed enough. The implications of self-hatred and the relevancy of, in our own real world and how that's very relatable with so many people and depression. Yep. I mean, holy fuck. That, that scene, fucks, that scene was just powerful. And when Dean walked in and witnessed it and he changed his overall demeanor towards Jack, but his resolve remained the same. Yeah. I mean, that said a thousand words and really explain where Dean's at as a person right now. I, I think ultimately, you know, in these two episodes, they've, they've taken, like you said, guys, a, a, a brand new character and, and really made him feel relatable, but also feel new. And I think that you're right, Mike, that scene was so powerful because it's, I think it was worse than the it, Kelly scene it, it last was, year. It was. Yeah. Yeah. That was dark. And, scene and that too. was incredibly dark incredibly dark and i think you know ultimately i who said it someone said it in the in the in the chat room um they said that he does uh vw said he doesn't want to connect with jack and then have to deal with killing him later and i think yeah and i think that's that's such a great way to look at it because i remember how guarded dean was around castiel when he first met him too as well yeah he was like okay you're an angel you're probably a dickhead like and, and and i think you know, it, it's smart to play that role, but I, I think ultimately, and, and, and the chat room lit up with this, is that Jack is going to break our heart. And it's it's going to be one of two ways. It's going to be either he makes the wrong decision and he does ultimately become evil and destroys everyone because they're going to they're going to play him up. They're going to really make us connect with him or he's going to make the ultimate sacrifice for the team. And I think I we don't have room for two Castiel. So, yes, there is. I agree. I agree. So either way, dude, something's going to happen and it's going to crush us. I see it as being he'll make the ultimate sacrifice, but it'll still force the hand of Sam and Dean to do it. For some reason, he won't do it himself. They have to do it. It'll it'll be half to them. And I think it'd be a tragic moment if Dean, having come around full circle to understand that Jack is very much like Sam, who he protected for so long, who he would do anything for. That's a reason why Sam can connect with Jack, because he's been in this exact situation. Yeah, it's, it's, it's parallel. And for Dean, who has always been about, and I think it's very telling that Sam said that Dean always wants to protect everybody, and he wants to protect you from people, but he also understands that he may have to protect people from you. That yeah. that could be a very much a tragic, you have to do this, you have to put down the one you love moment. Whether or not he connects to Jack the same way, I think he'll see too much of Sam in Jack it's gonna be hard. at that time. And I think you're right. That will break our heart whenever we get to that point. I have a feeling there's going to be some man tears this season. Well, I, are not. I already teared up a bit. I mean, not. I don't I don't think actual fluid leaked. Out of where? Is that what you want to say? Yeah. yeah I, don't that's... Think, I don't think there was any seepage from the oh. eye ducts. The tear ducts. The tear ducts. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. Only there. Yeah, I don't think there was any seepage. However, it, it did... It definitely resonated when when uh, we saw Dean willing to kill Jack when the time comes yeah. to it. And the fact that we are connected to this character so fast, I mean, 
it is going to be tragic. It, and they've done a great job for us to care about this character. I don't think it's going to be as obvious. I think for the most part, the, the writers do a pretty damn good job kind of flipping it on us mm-hmm. and keeping us guessing and, and not, I think we can be on the right track, but it's not going to be exactly how we thought it would be. And that's going to be a nice surprise. But yeah, I mean, this is how you reboot a show. And we've talked about that before. The show needed to be, uh, had needed a little bit of resurgence. They needed a new direction. And this is how you do it. You introduce a character that's new, but fits the archetype of Supernatural and make sure he matters to our core characters because yeah. the show will and has always been and needs to be about Sam and Dean. Yep. And so far, the correlations, the parallels, and the contrasting is on point with making it relevant to our characters. Yeah. All right, guys, we're going to do a quick live read here. Supernatural The Crossroads is available in Videocast. Retrospective reviews, additional discussions, theories, and all-around geek outs, plus the new Wayward Daughters edition. Oh! <laughs> yeah! Wayward Sisters. Oh, it's Wayward Sisters, right. This is... It has changed. See, you got to check out the video cast to get all the up to date information. We're yeah. just going to fucking lie here. Oh, I, put, I put Wayward Daughters. Yeah, you did. You're really good. And I Ron Burgundy that yeah, hard, but it doesn't did. matter. Oh, well. Great. <laughs> Wayward Daughters was the movement. That was what it was originally. Yeah, yeah, it was the movement. Anyway, guys, you can get all that stuff if you head on over to patreon.com slash Rainman Digital and pledge $10 or more a month to our Patreon. You will get all of the additional Supernatural episodes. And video cast of Ryan dancing to this song, which he is currently doing Break as I'm speaking. Me. Yeah, we exactly. have a lot of fun. We get really technical. However, we do have Ryan there to, and I come in like a wrecking ball sometimes with that pants. He really does. Yeah. So it's a fun. It's a it's a nice <laughs> little uh, reprieve from just focusing on the immediate season. And we're going to be doing the same thing for Wayward. Sisters. sisters, and we've gone all the way back to season one, episode one, for the same kind of episodes here that you've expected and become fans of. So if you are interested in any of that, again, head over to patreon.com slash Digital and pledge. So with Jack being the main focus for Sam and Dean, I think for me personally, however, one of the most, the most interesting part was the villains. Asmodeus. Holy shit. Or Kane 2.0. Or Kane 2.0. What a fucking intro. The final Prince of Hell shows his face, and it was quite the entrance. It reminded me of Darth Vader in some ways with the, the doors the door blown open yeah. and the smoke, and then he just steps out commanding and confident. I wish he would have been like, and then he immediately spy. choke murders some people. Yeah, I love how <laughs> he just walked in as if. Like, he just walked in. Oh, no question. It was like, whatever, I'm My in charge. House. Fuck yeah, you. Yeah, no no introductions, no Let's, anything. He just assumed authority. Can, here. can we just say that he walks in like a complete badass, dressed in all fucking white. And yeah. I like that because he is in every way a visual opposite of Crowley. Crowley is this guy who always wore black and has a British accent. We have this southern-speaking Savannah accent behind all white a complete 180 shift, not just in how he looks and how he talks, but how he deals with things. Do you, Crowley, can you definitely say this equates to the ultimate white privilege? Oh, come can on. we definitely oh, say that? No. Come Shut on. the fuck up. Terrible. Anyway, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just saying. He is immediately establishes himself as the antithesis of Crowley white in privilege. so many ways. Uh, uh, God damn it. 
an opposite. A, an antithesis? Antithesis. All right. Hey, opposite. Can you use it in a sentence, please? Yes, please. In a sentence for me, please. He established himself as the antithesis of Crowley. God damn it. Can you I use said, antithesis with Boombastic, please? I hate you please? so much. Antithesis with Boombastic as well. Simple joke. No, I'm not going to go down that road. <laughs> anyway, Crowley, throughout the seasons that we saw him, sometimes he was very violent and he took care of those who pissed him off deliberately. But he also kind of fucked with people more, using them as a dartboard and shit like that. Asmodeus does not hesitate. He gets a couple of people's names. They step to the side. He murders everybody else. It was awesome. He has no... He, he really does feel like the Prince of Hells that we've seen before. He feels like he perfectly fits in line with Azazel, with Dagon, with Ramael, that he is this badass motherfucker who, who's going to just change the way they do things. And I very much liked how he said... The days of fire and brimstone are back. And it very much felt like that from oh, yeah, the word sure. go. The demons in this episode even felt more competent. We didn't have a couple minutes of them talking about what it was like to possess a teenage girl and the mental gymnastics that that demon was going through. Yeah. No, we had a demon fight Dean one on one gain the upper hand for a fair amount of time there and almost and win until Sam showed up. And killed him. Yeah. There there was no fucking around. It was it reminded me very much of the threat the demons possessed way back during Kripke's era and even Gamble in season six. Yeah, and this it becomes a a, a task, quite a task. I don't envy writers at all. I mean, don't get me wrong, I admire them, but I don't I don't envy the the need to introduce another antagonist for season 13 it becomes it becomes a uh, very hard and difficult to to create a character or a bad guy an antagonist that really is going to create and stir up some shit especially after we just lost a beloved anti-hero antagonist yeah. with crowley to immediately fill in that void with a new character that is a monumental task and as you said i don't envy the writers for having to do that to come up with a character that would work in such a way when we're also trying to get the audience to identify with and care for jack how do you make because to, to make somebody hate a villain or or like a villain is just as difficult yeah in some ways more so because with good people it's you know inherently it's a little bit easier to care about them especially if they're naive or young with a villain to really care for or hate them you have to do a damn good job <laughs> you, and in it, one episode you've you established that after crowley's gone dude the thing is like they did the proper way of introducing him just having him burst in like he owns the fucking place um dick so swing and big old dick swing yeah, and everything player and i think for flying player yeah i think in some ways that really worked because cooler than the other side of the pillow yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So many of Gangster. us were tired that demons became kind of pathetic compared to how they used to be. We we and we Simple we've Jack. talked about this. If you guys are Patreon members, we talked about this with season one, episode four, the Phantom Traveler, and how the demons were these real threats, real violent, and how now as time had moved on, they became kind of weaker versions, lame ass versions of themselves. This really did, I think, work because we all who liked the demons. From way back, we're like, yeah, let's bring back fire and brimstone. Fuck it, let's just, as Mike said, I'm, big dick swinging. Well, I'm tired of yeah. that. I'm tired. I'm really <laughs> tired of demons being a, a joke. Yeah, 
And I think and I, angels. And I think yeah. so far they've done a great job showing that both are still a massive threat. Yeah. And I think, you know, the character is 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 very well designed. And, and what I mean by that is you're going to make a a, a prolific bad guy, a southern uh, plantation. Uh, yeah. Right. Dude, like, no, that like, works. yeah, I mean, it, it really does. does. And to put him in, in, in the in the all white instead of all black, it, it makes sense. You make this guy, um, you know, ultimately he has this look. He has these two scars on his face. You know, he's got and there's an awesome story behind those scars that immediately goes right into his backstory and immediately goes right into the reason that we're going to see some shit. Right. It just it was very smart. It wasn't tons of exposition. It wasn't. Oh, fuck. Here we go. Backstory flashback. No, we got enough that we needed to hear out of a guy who is typically humbled by his experience with Lucifer. Yeah. And I think that's what really was like, oh, shit. Okay. He did remind me of, uh, I can't remember his first name, but Leonardo DiCaprio in Django Unchained Candy. He was like Calvin Calvin Candy. Calvin Candy. Yeah. Yeah. It reminded me of that, that same kind of villain, but with a little bit smarter than Calvin Candy. Yes. But that's how it came across, and it really worked. Yeah. Well, that's what Brian... Ryan brings up, I think, is a great point. Um, and I'm glad you picked up on that, Ryan, because that's exactly where mine went to. My mind went to immediately as well was the fact that they managed to tell a lot of story about this villain without actually having to sit and tell a big story. The no. fact, the fact that they chose just for him to, remembering it, just the way he looked. Yeah. Number one, like you said, his choice the of wardrobe, cue. the scar across his face. All these things are signals that will then feed into a story. Yep. And it tells you the bigger picture about this character. Mm-hmm. And that's why the introduction of this character was so well. It's not just because the actor is great, which he, yeah, he is. He is very good. He is fantastic. Yes. And it's not because the role was written well. It's all of those pieces put together. That it's, it's, makes a the, it's a collaborative effort. Yep. Yeah, Puzzle that, pieces that come together perfectly. Yeah, because yep. just like what you mentioned with the scar, the scar tells its own story. You immediately are questioning yep. why he has a scar. Well, you look at a guy with scars and you say, this guy's a fighter. Okay, right. Right. This guy is 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 either a fighter or he's a badass. Or he doesn't know how to keep his mouth shut. Or he doesn't know how to keep his <laughs> mouth shut. Or he's a snitch. <laughs> yes. Snitches get stitches. So, but it works I, for demons and angels when we know they're able to heal themselves from any wounds. So what the fuck happened to where he can't heal? He can't that? heal us. Yeah, and the scar led immediately to some awesome lore. Yeah. And it introduced Holy shit, did it. The it, Shadim. Yeah, introduced the new, the new I, I'm assuming. Shalom. I don't want to say big bad, but definitely. Well, I'm hoping so in some ways. Definitely a, a villain or a threat, which is what we need. We need a real threat. And those things, I'm going to let you do the honors, are, are tremendously uh, terrifying. The Shadim were introduced by Asmodeus. And there's a great amount of connections, not just in Supernatural's universe within the show, but with actual biblical lore, which this is a straight out of Kripke's book. Take something that or dad's journal (laughs) or dad's (laughs) journal yeah but take something that is only a little bit of lore to it or barely mentioned not mainstream or or not mainstream that if you are interested you can google and find out so much more we we know that according to dad's journal which of course already knows a little bit about it which that's if they ever did a spin-off prequel I would love to know the the journey of John Winchester and what the He's fuck he went shit, through, yeah. dude. But this is this is what Dab has done so well. Dab has yeah. managed to bring back old things 
and make it work like the journal. Weren't we talking about that during a video cast? Like, yep. where is the journal? Like, why yep. is it not really truly utilized as much as it has as been? It should be. I mean, they used it as the it was the hook for the first season. It's what propelled the narrative and the myth arc for the first season leading into the second season. And they always went back to it here and there. But you got to think that thing has pages and pages and pages. If they wanted to, the entire seasons could have been built on each page and each entry. Yeah. It was for season one. Yeah. And that's why it was so cool that Dab is bringing back some of these old nostalgia nuggets, not member berries. These are things that are being <laughs> brought back and utilized correctly but like this. It, it shows it just shows the depth and the dynamic of John Winchester's own knowledge and his his past. Yeah, but you got to be careful, dude. He didn't write War and Peace, okay? You can't, like, you can't every single episode be about the no, journal. No, I, I don't think know, they should but, be, no, but, but it, the fact it went that... Way, it, it went wayward for oh, a while. Oh, oh. And we didn't see it. It was never Hashtag referenced. It. it was never Cha-ching. brought up. Hashtag wayward journal. <laughs> it, it was nice to <laughs> see it finally yep. reintroduced, because it is such a powerful tool they have knowledge is always more powerful to them than the actual guns they carry hey there's a saying knowledge is power thomas i hate you <laughs> that's a new saying <laughs> hashtag thomas hates ryan ryan's an Simple idiot jack. <laughs> <laughs> no but we learned from the journal and from asmodeus talking to us that the shadim are this these darker savage creatures that are locked away in an inaccessible section of hell something that god was afraid of like the leviathans that he didn't want to see the light of day something that even lucifer himself was afraid of and uh asmo asmodeus asmodeus i'm messing it up now because i keep saying it he tried to show <laughs> lucifer that they're worth he can control them this is a tool that can be used which he was not a fan of which gave him the scar but that right there something that scares lucifer an archangel one of the most powerful creatures that we know of in that universe is afraid of these things yeah it, it, i mean that that's like it sounds almost like leviathan 2.0 but i think they've from what little we've seen of them already it feels like it fits a hell of a lot more dude that was the quintessential you know horror shot with the hand coming up first and you see how fucked up it is with the, you know the claws and shit that's like the quintessential shot you know you think back to like Nosferatu, where he puts his hand outside the, you know, the the coffin and it, you know, you see how gangly and messed up it is. I think you know that shot gave me goosebumps because I was like, oh, man, they're actually going to be monsters, not, you know, these people looking things. And I think that was one of the things that we had talked about before we went on air is that we really wanted this to be we want them to stay monsters. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And, and I liked how speaking we're, we're talking arm, to you right now, Adam. We're talking to you, Adam. Speaking of the arm right there, Ryan, I loved how it was this <laughs> scaly looking clawed hand that came out of the ground because according to some of the legends, the Shadim are, des- are descendants of serpents, which, Ooh. you know, serpent demons is the idea behind this, right? Uh, alluding to the serpent in Eden and related to Genesis way back. I liked that idea. And this is something we talked about before. If we had a practical effect mixed with cgi like we saw with the banshee way back in season 11 yeah where you have this realism to this fictional creature that makes it all the more terrifying or real that uncanny valley effect that sometimes cgi as we saw with leviathan leviathans 
unfortunately doesn't always hit that mark. Yeah, and if we harken back to the first season, the first season's littered with villains that were a mixture. A mixture of practical and CGI. And, yeah, totally. and some of them were just practical. And I feel like the 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 fear and the scare factor I felt worked better in some regard. Because it with practical, it's something that really is happening that you can really see. So in some parts of us, we can fear that because we see it actually happening we know that for example the hook man scraping along the wall how we talked at length during the patreon special how they did that effect Mm -hmm. we could feel that there is something in that hallway coming for us because we see the dust pluming into the air when it's something cgi and our brain knows that it's not a real thing there's a little bit of a disconnect there we're not as terrified of it so i think if we do if, if they can do a good job blending those two should the shadim end up being part of the season 13 or future season villains. Yeah. That would be a great way to bring those across. They definitely have to remain creatures. I, I feel like that's how yeah. they were introduced. We saw that Has arm be, come right? out. They have a physical form. They're not black smoke. They exist. They're tangible entities. And I would think it would be just fantastic for us to finally get these creatures. Yeah. That are, on a leash, I guess, of Asmodeus that are controlled by him from in some way, and they go out and do his bidding. I mean, that would just be fantastic. We have not seen a true ongoing... And when I say ongoing, I'm not saying we want to see them every week, but right. a, a true threat that looks like a, a monster. monster. Not a person with different colored eyes I, I, I and know sharp we, teeth. I know for budget reasons, there's reasons why they can't do that. I know that's the reason why Leviathan ended up taking human form. I get all that. I understand that. However, let's find some creative ways to, yeah. to keep them that way. And, keep and, them in the shadows. Yeah, I think it would be great. It would be cool. And honestly, I think that's what we're going to get. I mean, why introduce it that way with the arm coming out of the of the ground? Why give well, it yeah. a distinct look if you're not already planning for that? Well, the yeah. thing, you're right. Why, why show us the hand and how fucked up it is if you're not going to keep them looking that way? It just makes no sense. Yeah. You know? And once they're introduced, I'm going to try to get Adam on the show. Like I said, I'm already talking to him. I want to get them on the show, and I, I, we got to go through the steps on how they decided on, on who to go with, the look. Obviously, we need to talk about those things after it happens because we don't want to release spoilers, and uh, we don't want him getting kicked or fired from set. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, so we'll play fair, but I think it would be a great conversation to really talk about it because up to this point, when we end up seeing the Shadim, it's going to be something very different. Very, very different. The way they were introduced was something very different. We've never quite seen anything like that. The only comparison would be the Leviathan. Yeah, I think so. At this point, at least. I mean, and if you delve into even real lore. The connections there are really well thought out. Yeah, there was a lot of research. And the Asmodeus is, if you look at some of the mythology around that character, he is heavily connected to the Shadim, even in real real-to-life mythology. Uh, in, in some iterations of stories, which there's countless versions. There's a bunch, yeah. There is dozens. In fact, I was going to throw it all in here, but it would be another hour. So I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking maybe we should do a companion piece, maybe a video cast where we get into the lore of Asmodeus. But I want to wait till we have more to go off on. So maybe later, early next we'll, year. We'll save some of that. But yeah. the point being, 
it is a well thought out connection. And it, as and Modi, it works as with Modi what we've seen. With the Shadim and how it actually has connections in the real, you know, real world yeah, religious quotes. lore. Yeah. <laughs> so if you are interested in that, you can Google it. But as Mike said, that's something that we can go into great detail later. Right. But I think, again, it shows that they have things much better planned out than season 12. I, I remember with season 12, a lot of our questions were, where are we going with this? There's a bunch I don't of different have that routes. Question now. In season 13, the only question I have is, when do I get to see more of the Shadim? Are they going to be part of the villains for this year or next year? And all the questions don't cir- circle around, I'm confused as to where we're going with this, but I'm excited to see what we're doing with this. I think that's the distinct, that's a Agreed. big difference that you need to have if you are setting up a show that's been running as long as it has. So with that, guys, we're going to take a couple questions or a couple ideas from the listeners, what they thought about the episode, starting with uh, AV. She says, definitely an A for me. This was actually a well-written episode. It answered our questions about Donatello and his soul made another. Oh, we didn't even get into that yet. Jesus. You, Don, sk- you skipped past I, it. I did. I went straight to questions. Let's let's we'll put a pause on that. Then we see the return of Donatello, which I know a lot of people were kind of griping about it. I know I had that question. It was a loose end. A loose end from season 11. What happened to him? We know he had no soul, so he didn't die. He shows up again. No soul. I like that little Mr. Rogers comment as to how he makes decisions now. Yeah, what would Mr. Rogers do? He has a WW, you know. M-R? M-R. Yeah. The only thing I question (laughs) is, yes, that makes sense. However, don't you have have to have a little bit of ethics to even want to pose that question to yourself? I, I think you do have to have a little bit of ethics, but they've only had a couple examples of characters who don't have souls, souls yeah. making decisions. We have Sam. We have, I don't remember the, the name Soulless of the girl. Sam's the best Sam. Soulless Sam He's is the best Sam. Shirtless Soulless Sam. Yeah. Oh, that's steamy. That gets me a erection. <laughs> With a wayward douche ball gag. Oh, oh my God. God. Holy hotness. Yeah. <laughs> Holy boners, Batman. No spoilers. <laughs> I'll spoil him. Oh. But back in season 11, we had <laughs> the girl who became like an axe murderer. Yeah. She, she she made good choices. She let go of all her inhibitions <laughs> with no soul. She didn't then switch to making evil decisions. It more showed what you would do without any morality. Yeah, Sam fucked a lot. Everyone else apparently just kills. <laughs> but then, but I, I don't remember the name of the guy, the uh, funny dude we liked who ended up killing that girl. Uh, <laughs> he went to jail, remember? And then they took him out entirely yeah i remember he had i remember he had no <laughs> you remember solo sam i remember solo sam you remember ripped abs i remember his ass. you remember ruby hot ruby i remember ruby i did her <laughs> you remember panty ruby <laughs> remember <laughs> in sam's hotel room i remember <laughs> oh man go back and see most watched episodes of michael's <laughs> Uh, anyway, we had that character show that he doesn't have a moral compass exactly, but it doesn't change entirely who you are. Sam right. still hunted. He just used people as bait because he didn't feel bad about doing so. So Donatello having Mr. Rogers as a logical moral compass doesn't seem outside of the realm of possibility. To yeah. Me. He's not a terrible human who then had no right. remorse, you know. The soul was shown as guilt and specific emotions in some ways. So him functioning on his own without a soul didn't concern me necessarily. 
I thought it worked just fine. It was interesting to see him again actually play a part in this season, and it shows that he, as a prophet, despite the lack of God's presence, still has some powers that have been awakened, yep. that he can feel Jack's energies from states across the way, entire country, he can still feel that, mm-hmm. you know. I think, I'm glad. I'm glad this is a good example of Dab closing out loose ends. Yeah. He definitely does a good job with that. Uh, A.B. says, to answer our questions about Donatel and his soul, made another mention of Scooby-Doo, an excellent way to foreshadow things to come. Introduced our new King of Hell and possibly the big bad for either this season or the next season with the Shadim. And the boys actually had conversations about how they felt, even though they were on opposite sides of the issue. I actually loved the Southern Gentleman vibe from Asmodeus. Uh, though I might be a biased Georgia girl, I think yeah. he's I mm. think he's full of crap about his allegiances to a Lucifer. Georgia peach. Mm-hmm. I love me some peaches. Oh, come oh peaches man. and cream. Oh, oh, that was creepy. <laughs> I was using a real, you know, way of speak. You me were too. you were going creep. Mm-hmm. Creep factor. That's five. Ryan though. Creep factor. If she five. listens, she knows. Yeah, of course. That's true. And she listens. We know how much she listens. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I think he's full of crap about his allegiance to Lucifer. Speaking yeah, of Lucifer, he just steals every scene he's in and makes me laugh. He's been so well written and acted over the years. I find it remarkable that he, that we're all rooting for the bad guy, Satan, over Mary, the mother of our beloved Winchester well, 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 boys. Hold on. I wouldn't go that far. I'm rooting for them to hook up and team up. <laughs> Hell well, yeah. Hold on. Not, not hook up like that. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. eventually. <laughs> then another Nephilim. Talk about. <laughs> talk about contradictory way of thinking okay talk about contradicting how we view things as an audience if you can take lucifer and make him a sympathetic character we root for but without taking the fangs out you put him in a different arena and you team him up with winchester mom right and they have to work together to survive not because he's weak not because he likes her but because they have to work, they together. have to work together for whatever reason. The buddy cop, yes, and they make it work, and mm-hmm. yet give Mark Pellegrino some more to work with. That's quite a feat. And then you bring Lucifer back eventually, and now you have Mary Winchester, who's torn between this dude is evil, but and yet we just live together for the last I don't know year working How together, trying relate? to survive. It, it it creates questions for our characters. Mary is going to eventually like Lucifer. Mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna I'm calling it now. There's going to be something that she is going to be struggling with. The fact that his wiener. <laughs> no, I mean we, we even saw it this week with bit, with how yeah. Mary asked yeah. and questioned. Do you you can't possibly care about your son? I like that phrase because that did tie into as Amy or Avi said here the. Don't that, don't make him good. Make him sympathetic. And that's what I think they're working towards. Well, she said instead of uh, he's so smart and we're finally seeing it again instead of the angry child breaking daddy's things. Yeah, I do like that. And the fact that he said, you have no idea what I care about. We it is nice to see that they've kind of followed that from season 12. I agree where he was. Life is meaningless. There's no point to now. He has some motivation and drive. And I think that is the one thing, if anything, that Mary could find some sympathy for him. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. But I think you're right. If they do it the right way, it could be more of that, you know, break our hearts kind of thing. Yeah. 
Uh, she says he's a wonderful mix of hopeful optimism or uh, and Jack. Poor Jack. I'm surprisingly in love with this character. He's a wonderful mix of hopeful optimism and confused defeatism. I love how open and honest both boys are being with him, whether he wants to hear what they have to say or not. I'm excited to see where this is going. Uh, P.S. It seems like we're getting badass demons again. That guy was giving Dean a run for his money during that fight. So a, a lot of things that we've touched on that the demons seem to be much more of a threat that the characters have I grown. We as the audience have grown to like these characters in such a short amount of time. Yeah. There's one comment that I want to briefly go over because okay. I don't see it. And I want it to be explained to us. Okay. okay. Uh, Christina Johansson says, I'm so over the Trump references. It's heavy handed huh? and it's dating the show. Now I agree that trendy politics of the time shouldn't seep into supernatural it's not that type of show you can delve into social politics and make things relatable that's different but i don't see that so i do agree with her sentiment yeah however i don't see the trump references do you see them so there's far? one direct make hell great again yeah. really the beginning uh, of the episode yeah but that's just a buzzword that's like a buzz phrase that's on the top of everybody's yeah i i think that one i get what she's saying and i agree there is too I, much of that i don't think there's ideology political ideology right. being being i don't think this is the writers being stepping on a soapbox and trying to say anything politically i just think it's a common phrase that everybody knows of right now and supernatural yeah. is very pop culture savvy pop culture pop culture yeah specific so it would be it would make sense for them to use a phrase like that i think what works with that is that your your pop culture specific yet that phrase make hell great again is something that if you were to watch this show 10 years later that's just a phrase that you would say it's been used a lot a lot of to make anything used great it. again yeah that's something that while it could date the show if you know where that's directly coming from if you're just watching this years down the road it's just a phrase yeah. They, they'll make hell great again okay i think fortunately in that regard it does work it's not as as you said on a soapbox or in your face as other shows have done right which she's right it does date your show and if absolutely does put a timestamp i agree yeah uh she also says on a lighter note i'm so sold on the character jack the actor is absolutely fantastic and the fact that he looks like 1990s dicaprio is a bonus he does kind of a little bit a little bit. Yeah. I guess all where people look the same. Goes back to that. <laughs> Misha DiCaprio. Yeah. Yeah, why not? All white guys look the same. Ryan Denton. Yeah, I look just like Misha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stupid. Kathy Istant says, love the whole episode, but especially the last scene between suicidal Jack and Dean. That look Dean gave him when he saw what Jack was doing makes me think Dean can better identify with him now. Uh Dean Deanamon, anybody? If he doesn't kill Jack, it'll be if he does kill Jack, it'll be a mercy killing. And I loved, loved, loved Lucifer. Nine Nephilims out of ten. Oh. I do think I I'm jealous of that like, rating that's system. Like nine inches. <laughs> and then there goes Ryan. Yeah. I do th I think she kind of touched on what we were saying that Dean has always gone down that darker path and sees the darkness that Jack could fall down himself and the decisions he could make. But I think it, it is a good point because Dean can identify with self-loathing. He's been doing that since yep. Buck, season episode one. one. And yeah. that's why Jack is a relevant character to Sam and Dean because yeah. of that very comment you just made. Yep. 
And guys, we're running a little late, so I think it's time we go into our final thoughts. Ooh. Ryan, I'm going to jump to you. What did you give the episode? What did you think? What did you take away from um, it? Well, let's just start with the rating. It is an A+. plus. Whoa! A plus. Yes. Is that I two actually, A pluses in a row? Yes. Holy! He gave it an shit. A last. I gave it an A. Time. Um, and the reason I'm going to say plus this time uh, over an A, um, I just there was something about this episode that to me it seemed, and I made the analogy earlier was the pacing. And the way that they can take a character like Jack, and and again, it has to do with the fantastic actor that's playing him. And but I think the way they they wrote the character, it just feels fresh. And I already, after a second episode, give a shit about the character. And I think that is how you do it. And I wish they would do that more often. Um, but I love seeing the parallels with Sam and Dean. And I think personally, and this is just me, I'm a huge fan of interdimension and the 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 multiverse or whatever the. F- hell you want to call it right and i think we have so much possibilities with this um with this other you know dimension and i i just think they paced the whole episode correctly where every time it flashed to another portion of what where we were going in the episode or another scene i was invested i was emotionally invested in everything that was going on um and, and i think it's been a while since i really truly in two episodes have been that invested um, and I'll be honest with you, like, and I, and I think that is something for me that is very important is, am I emotionally invested? Am I on the edge of my couch watching this episode? Um, right. I truly did like this episode, um, a lot. I think we always say, you know, season premiere going into, you know, is almost seems like a two-parter. And I would definitely agree with that. This would kind of feel like a two-parter, but I think you could watch one or the other episode and not feel like it's restrained by having to watch the other one. That makes sense. So ultimately I just, something about this episode I really, really liked. And I think Asmodeus, that character, I said it when Kane showed up. I mean, I think I pretty much gave that episode an A plus because Kane is amazing. I really like Asmodeus. I think he's going to be a badass villain. You know, if he's going to last the whole season or however they do it, I think he's fucking cool. And I always, when a, when a badass villain shows up, I get super hyped. So, and, and let's just say the Shadim, I am fucking totally all into aboard. that. Yes. All aboard the hype train. Let's do this, dude. I am really psyched for this season. No joke. More, I think more psyched than I was for season 12, for sure. In two episodes. All right. So A plus. Is it Ryan. safe to say that they're making Supernatural great again? Um, um, and now we dated the show. And now the show's <laughs> dated. Oh, great job mike what about you final thoughts let's see what well, i can't really add too much i mean i kind of voiced my opinions i would think throughout the I episode think we all kind of did but yeah but a short version yeah all right so this week's episode i like that they did not slow down they continued the emotional narrative aspect of the first episode of the season uh we moved into an area of supernatural that is Definitely reminiscent from things we've seen, but not reminiscent or retreading on familiar story, not familiar things we've seen in terms of writing, but familiar themes. Right. And this is something we talk about a lot in our shows and specifically our video cast. We talk about genre and understanding the genre you're writing in. And the same thing can be said about your show and the themes and archetypes, motifs that make your show cohesive. And fluid and make it feel like the same show year Over after year. 10 years, yeah. 
And this is a perfect example of that. You're bringing in a new character that fits the archetype of characters emotionally. And it allows us to examine our standing characters more mm-hmm. thoroughly. And if you can do that, the episode deserves an A+. So I also give this episode oh, an A+. An A+. Plus. Good it, just, it, it felt right. It, it, it wasn't just the writing, but also the, the introduction of new lore. We all know we're lore whores. We love it. We need it. <laughs> lore whores. Lore like whores. That. that should be a new shirt. It's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we love lore. And if you can give us something that doesn't feel superficial, which sometimes when you're trying to figure out new ideas, sometimes things can feel kind of light and not well thought out. And this feels like something that belongs in Supernatural mm-hmm. that has existed. It do- existed. It doesn't feel like it. Uh, was doesn't pulled, feel tacked on. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it was pulled out of Dab's ass. It feels like it belongs <laughs> and that ha- it could possibly have been there the entire time. The Shadam, it works. I agree. I For me, I thought the episode was great. I thought it was a good setup for the season. I thought it was a great way to introduce some new characters and some new villains that not just that we saw with Asmodeus, but the Shadim being this, you know, figure in the darkness that we don't know much about but has so much potential is a great way to bring that about i think as we said at length there's a lot of character exploration in this episode for sam and dean without it being directly about them i think some people misinterpret that as them having window dressing symptoms again but it's it's not that if you're looking deeper as to the story they're trying to tell and as mike just said you know can bringing back similar things, similar themes without retreading the same narrative ground is very hard to do. And I think they've done a great job with that so far. This is probably one of the best episodes that the writing duo has done for me, especially since uh, the mid season finale of season 11. And I think they've done a great job introducing a villain that we like so quickly after Crowley while doing a great job introducing a new character that we like that's so much like Castiel so quickly after losing him too. So for me, it, it doesn't quite hit a plus where I, this is an absolutely amazing episode. You You're have to penis. watch for me. It's just an a, but it's still a great fucking episode. <laughs> what a dick. I'm a dickhead. What as a we fucking know penis. Dude, <laughs> we're over here. Just like <laughs> blowing the whole simple thing. Jack. Someone and had to bring it down yeah, a little. Yeah. McLeod. Thomas is simple. Jack. I had to bring it down a little bit. Thanks a lot. And ruin your fun. God, we, we hate you, Thomas. <laughs> Everyone does. So with that, guys, thank you for taking the Fuck time you, to Thomas. listen to Supernatural The Crossroads here on Rain Man Digital Media. Make sure to Fuck check you, us out Thomas. on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Make sure to tell me to go fuck myself, as we so often do on go the show. Go fuck yourself, fuck you, Thomas. Thomas. And look forward to video cast Naked Ryan Denton on a wrecking ball. And we will see you guys all next week. Fucker. <laughs> Wait a second. Give me a second here. What were you? You kept playing drops like a jackass instead of being ready. <laughs> All right. Here oh, we there go. we go. That's good. Good ending. Jesus Christ. We clung, Thomas we is a shit. <laughs> well, hold on. Head. Also, really yeah. fast, if you guys are Patreon subscribers and you guys are in the Facebook premium page that I've added you on, um, we're going to go ahead and do a live version of a video cast that we're about oh, to record. Oh, my God. So if you're listening live and you have access to that Facebook page, because you're a Patreon subscriber, we're going to be recording our video cast right now, all about Crowley, Crowley tribute. Head over there now. I came in like a rainbow.
Thomas had to ruin the ratings <laughs> and look like a total ass. Yeah, a total ass. I thought I was a dick. You are totally a big fat dick, and you hate the show. Oh my god. You had to go against all of us. So fuck you, I'm Thomas. Sorry, I thought. <laughs> little maggot. You are no longer a part of this story. Hey, ass butt. Coming in November is the Crossroads Wayward Sisters edition. Find out the latest breaking news and speculation surrounding the newly announced spinoff series. Available exclusively to our Patreon subscribers. Pledge $5 or more a month and gain access to this plus hours of additional content. Head over to patreon.com slash Digital to pledge. She rides.